topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Thank you for listening to the Keeping It Beauty show. I am your host, Akila C. Thompson. If this is your first time listening to this show, it's about time you've joined us. Welcome. You are in for a treat tonight as we're continuing our Abundance series. You can catch up on previous shows by listening to our archive shows on iHeartRadio.com. Go to iHeartRadio, search Keeping It Beauty, and you'll find us and all of the amazing shows that we've had since we joined W. For CY Radio um, in November. So, as you know, our show, we inspire you to elevate your dreams, your love, and your life. You can visit our website, IamBeautyInc.com, to see all the ways that you can get involved in all the things that we have going on in I Am Beauty. So, I am extremely excited to be back in town. I just got back from Greensboro, North Carolina, which is where my alma mater is, North Carolina A&T, where I went to school. Had the opportunity to be there to be one of the first millennials invited back to speak as a part of our Closing Bell series. And, of course, I influenced the title. The title of the panel was Release the Beast, Be Bold, Be Brilliant, Be Legendary. It was a packed house, probably had close to maybe about 100 to 150 students that participated. And I've just been getting so much feedback and they left just soaring and so empowered and inspired from being a part of the the, the last Closing Bell um, speaker or seminar series of the year. Also, while I was there, which was great, uh, shout out to my sorors from um, Alpha Phi, the Alpha Phi chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Uh, Sora connected me with uh, a few groups while I was in town. So I got the opportunity to work at Hairston Middle School with a group of six, six, seventh, and eighth graders doing uh, some I Am Beauty Girl Talk. So it was, it was, an, it was great to, to go back, participate on campus, and also be able to participate in the community. So um, big shout out to Sora Angela for creating that opportunity and and space to and sharing your your girls with me. So we have some upcoming events coming up. You can definitely go to I Am Beauty Inc. to find out all of them. But I want to let you know what's com- what's coming up this week. This Wednesday, April 27th at 6.30 p.m., We've been really rocking it out every month with these Beauty Dreamers events. And we just came off of our I Am Love series with Angelisa, which was just awesome. And at our last event, uh, we had a speaker, Raquel Botello, who's also been a guest on our show, where she did our wellness segment. 
And from that, we realized that women need a space to actually be able to freely talk about sex and um, self-love and being able to get to know ourselves and in an environment which is kind of safe and which is open. So we're really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely check that out. You can go to our calendar on IamBeautyInc.com. Raquel will be joining us and leading the the evening as well as Tatiana Delapiani, who will be over doing our wellness activity for this uh, month. So she, based on what I've seen and some of the things, some of the previous workshops that she's done around sensual awakening, I already know that it's going to be a night to remember. So you don't want to miss it. So definitely go to our website and purchase tickets for that. So our hot topic for tonight. If you have not gone out to taste this Beyonce lemonade, you need to right after this show, go find it on Tidal, find it on iTunes, HBO, if it's on demand by now, and really take uh, an hour of your time to listen. Even if you don't like Beyonce, it's setting a fire on social media. It's on, I'm seeing it all over my timeline. It's really setting conversation, which is great in conversation among women. And I'm actually uh, one of... uh, bloggers that I'm following now I had an opportunity this Friday to go to Atlanta right after Greensboro and participate in the Dream Project. And one of the uh, bloggers who I met, who her website is Awesomely Lovey, she actually did a review of Lemonade and says that, you know, Beyonce like literally takes us through stages of life, love, heartbreak and healing and so much more in Lemonade. So it's much bigger than if you're sitting here wanting to to to, to see Beyonce spill the tea about whatever's going on with her and Jay-Z. I don't even know if... That's even true. There's so much speculation. Did he really cheat her or is this all just a big thing or some theatrical thing that's been created to allow her to speak in this way? But whether it's authentic or not, it is such a depiction of just so many different emotions that we as women go through with in, in life and love and just in heartbreak and just the whole process of healing. So I actually watched it for the first time earlier today and went through like so many different levels of like emotions emotion and and it brought up so much so i just encourage everybody if you haven't watched it i know that's from people that are so anti the Bayhive, whatever uh (laughs) tune them out if you take an hour out of your time and really listen to it it's really um, an it's just an artistic masterpiece uh she i'm so happy to have been someone that grew up with beyonce because when i watched it today it's like wow thinking about you know, we can think back to like Bills when her and Destiny's Child first came out and what they were talking about in that song, that this just really elevates us in so many different levels of just consciousness, consciousness of what happens being a woman and being a black woman. So uh, I just, again, encourage you to to uh, go out and find that. So moving right along, I'm extremely excited to have tonight's guest, who is a great friend of mine and also fellow accountant who will be talking to us this evening about living financial abundance. Like, don't die broke. That's one of the things that on this show, we want to support you with different things that are going to help elevate you in every area of your life. And finance is a new topic that we're reaching into because we realize how important that is. So tonight we have Vaughn Williams, who is a native of Reesville, North Carolina, who received her bachelor's degree of science, a uh, bachelor's degree in science and 
Electronic Technology from Norfolk State University, excuse me. Upon graduation, she served her country for six years as a communications officer in the United States Army. And at the end of her commitment, she moved here to New York City to pursue a course of study in audio engineering and production at the Institute of Audio Research. Vaughn has been supporting clients in accounting, taxation, and financial advisement for the past eight years and specializes in sole business and non-for-profit taxation. She also assists clients in financial planning and budgeting through seminars and conferences, as well as consulting potential entrepreneurs and startup business planning. She spends her free time volunteering in her community, and she enjoys traveling and eating at nice restaurants, don't we all? And she takes pride in assisting clients maximize on every financial opportunity available to them. So welcome to the show, Vaughn. Hey, Akiwa, how you doing? <laughs> I am what a doing great introduction. Good. Thank you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you this evening? I feel recharged and I'm kind of ready to do some, uh, you know, do some, do some financial uh, talk, talking with people here. Let's see where people are at. Um, give out some, some, some good advice and, you know, Prayerfully, everybody will, will, will take something away that will be useful to them to forward their families and themselves. Um, and I'm, I'm sure they will. So let's just get to know Vaughn a little bit more. So I know that I, I, I see and, I, and I've known this from actually talking to you that you're from Reesville. Reesville is like right. It's, it's, it's so ironic that I just came back from Greensboro. Reesville is like right around the corner from Greensboro, right? Because I know I've seen the sign. That's exactly right. It's about 20 miles north of Greensboro. So, yeah, you were right, playing around in my neck of the woods. <laughs> so how did you end up migrating here to New York? Well, I um, I came here after I got out of the military. Um, mm. And I wanted to, you know, be a sound engineer. So I took up the course of study in sound engineering. You know, I wanted to be the next Quincy Jones. I wanted to go in the studio and, like, produce all of this music and all of this thing and you know, I got there, and I didn't really like it too much. You know, the same mm. thing over and over and over and over again. I'm like, ah, this is, this is, I can't do this. Um, so, you know, I, I like I like the live sound aspect a little better. So I still do that. I still do that at my church on Sundays or whenever somebody has a show or something like that. You know, I'm going to set equipment up for them. So that's, that's fun for me, actually. Oh, see, that's good to yeah. know. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you ever need a microphone or a speaker, give me a call. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got I got you down for a production team, future production team. Okay, so so then how did you migrate? I guess from this being a sound engineer and now into becoming a profit and growth coach, which I love that by the way. Like I was on your fan page, like you know, kind of stalking earlier, and I just love uh, how you've branded yourself as a, as a profit and growth coach. I, I love that. Well. The, the thing that I actually noticed about a lot of these entertainers um, that would come through the studio is that they were just blowing their money, mm-hmm. like blowing, blowing the budget. Any, like anything that they, they've never had, they, they, they went out and bought it, right? And mm-hmm. we don't even know where they are these days. We've mm-hmm. not heard from them. They, they may have a, you know, been a, been a one-hit wonder. But they've blown all that money, and now they're working in mail rooms at Morgan Stanley. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, because I've seen them actually as a, as a, as an audio engineer and going and doing corporate audio engineering. I've seen some you know pretty hot entertainers back from the nineties working in the mail room. Go mm. figure. Mm. And um, you know, or 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 you know, my, my and my thing is is they could have invested you know ten thousand dollars in a franchise. And they could have had that residual income 
for the rest of their lives. You, you, you know what I'm saying? No, very, even very yeah, true. even back even back then, you know, a subway franchise was very, uh, very the, the the franchise fee was very low. Mm-hmm. But you know, they didn't have to be in there making the sandwiches, but they could, mm-hmm. they could still be collecting that residual income. They wouldn't have to be killing themselves working at the drive-through at McDonald's. You know, and 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 that's what I mean by that. And that's the thing that inspired me to get into. Um, financial planning to kind of get to see if I can catch some of these people mm. before they start spending on their money on their money on frivolous things. Right. They don't it, need. This actually, um, it, this brings me back to because I'm I, I don't know if you know that I'm, I'm an accountant. I spent some time in corporate. I worked for Pricewaterhouse and Deloitte. And when I was um, at undergrad in North Carolina A and T. Larry Bailey, I think I'm saying his name correctly, was a big accountant who, what he used to do every year is he used to actually go to the, after the NBA draft, he would go and Mm -hmm. talk to new players that had been drafted around financial planning because he saw the, the, the cycle that was continuing to happen where you have these young men that come from communities in which they, you know, or families in which they, they've never seen this amount of money. And right. they come into this, this career with, you know, not only themselves to care for, but, you know, their fa- families and so forth automatically assume that they're somewhat entitled to their wealth. And the next thing you know, them buying houses for everybody and cars for everybody and clothes and change and whatever those things for everybody, they're broke by yes. the time they retire, if not Absolutely. before then. So uh, it's it that's actually really one of the things that inspired me to get into it because financial mm. literacy is such a huge thing that uh, communities need that that they lack. So you talk a lot about living in financial abundance and Mm -hmm. abundance is not a term that, you know, unless you've done specific, I know people that have done certain transformational work use the term abundance, but it's not most people use, you know, financial prosperity or they use, you know, financial, you know, with building wealth. But not many people use the term of living in financial abundance. So what does that really like mean to you? Since you, you've kind of coined that, that term or that phrase in a lot of the work that you do. Yeah. uh, Yes. um, um, Living in financial abundance is, um, it's kind of broad because if if you, you can be a millionaire and still be broke, and you can make $30,000 a year and be living in complete and utter abundance. And so the, the definition would vary for a lot of people. Me, mm-hmm. myself, you know, my, my definition of living in abundance is having the freedom to go and speak to people, to work for myself, and not, not be tied down to a nine-to-five. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So, so that, this is my abundance. Um, we, we, we have the, the earth provides and the universe provides everything that we need, mm-hmm. everything that we need. The earth has more than enough. So, so we as people just, we have to figure out a way and we get to figure out a way to tap into all that the universe has. And some of us can't see beyond, Oh my God, I'm in so much debt. And that's mm-hmm. all that they can see, and that's all that they can feel. So if we can become, begin to get past some of our obstacles, be it debt, be it, you know, child support, be it, you know, tax, tax liens, tax problems, mm-hmm. um, there's, 
there's so much more beyond that. And again, we don't have to be millionaires. We can live in abundance at $30,000 a year if we have life insurance, if we have savings plans, if we have things set up, set up for ourselves such that we know that we're going to be okay and the next generation behind us is going to be okay. Yeah, and that that's that's so true. And I, and thank you for bringing that forth. That abundance does very look different. And it's going to look different from everyone because there was a point in my life where you know I made a six figure salary working in corporate America, but I didn't feel like there was an abundance. But now mm-hmm. being in this space of working for myself and being able to own my time and actually mm-hmm. being able to see that you know there there's so much that there's so many ways that people will will support you and a lot I think of what we connect with a lot of what people connect with happiness tends to a lot of times have to do with dollars and I've learned that uh really learned it with my life that your abundance in your life sometimes doesn't specifically speak to what you make but, exactly. but, but it's more so tied to, you know, your, your lifestyle. Uh, so things like not being in debt definitely supports you feeling more abundant. Yes. With release of cash, but also just like stress and all of those different things, uh, mm-hmm. you to just feeling that we live like a more abundant life. So yeah. another thing that, um, you, you talked about that you've kind of connected to, and that's what I've, I tied to our topic for tonight was just this idea of like not dying broke. Like um, one of one of my mentors has a quote that that says, you know, something along the lines of, you know, that being broke is temporary, but mm-hmm. being but being poor is a disabling frame of mind. Uh, I think John Bryan, I might be mixing it up, but mm-hmm. ever since hearing that, it's it's totally shift what I've thought about what 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 being poor was and and actually being being broke, and that broke mm-hmm. is something. That's that's temporary that, you know, based on our decisions, we can change and even being poor can shift if mm-hmm. we can get, we can shift our mindsets um, around how we view money and what we do with money. So what are some keys, you know, that you have t- to support people and like not dying broke? <laughs> well, it, it, when I when I when I use that hashtag. I, I, I wrestled with it a lot because don't die broke is, you know, a, a negative. It, it's a negative term if you think about it. And, and living in abundance is more positive, mm-hmm. if you will. But when you but don't, people, but it, don't but, die but it, broke resonates. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I understand living in financial abundance. That's one of the things why exactly. I actually you, can you, what does it mean? Because people right. may not really understand what a financial abundance, what that translates to, but people get what don't die broke means. Right. <laughs> and so when you, right, when you said that earlier, I'm like, yeah, not a, pe- not a lot of people understand what living in abundance is. So, mm-hmm. you know, and prosperity is just played. Let's, let's be prosperous, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just played. So I'm like, hmm. What's gonna make what's gonna make a, a huger impact? You tell people don't die broke, like they feel that in their chest. Mm-hmm. They feel that. You know, so so one of the things that we can do to 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 not die broke is set ourselves up to to take care of ourselves when we retire so that we don't have to work in the drive throughs to pay for our medications when we get seventy and seventy five years old. That just breaks my heart every single mm-hmm. time I see a little old lady a little old man working in drive-thru at McDonald's just to support themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying that they didn't do what they, what they should have done, 
but you know, some companies go out of business right. before they can retire. And, you know, Social Security is kind of fluky. We don't really know. We don't really know what Social Security is going to do by the time, you know, I get to be 70 years old, which isn't, isn't that far away. So right. so we can set up our retirement, you know, annuities, 401Ks, um, mutual funds. So something that's going to, to have us being very comfortable when we get into our golden years, and we don't, we don't have to push brooms. Um, we can get ourselves some life insurance. And I'm not saying life insurance like, you know, millions of dollars of life insurance, but at least, at least, at least, at least people, at least, my friends, get you some burial insurance mm -hmm. so that you can go out of here with some dignity. And we mm -hmm. don't have to run around at the church and in the neighborhoods and selling fish dinners just to put you in the ground. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. Like, like really. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, really? I mean, it really, it really hurts my heart every time I see a GoFundMe for mm -hmm. because someone died, and we need to. I mean, I've even even been times where in 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 a funeral where we've raised a collection to pay oh, for yeah. for the for the funeral fees. So mm -hmm. yes, I, I I cannot stress that enough the importance of getting life insurance. And just because you're young and you don't mm -hmm. think like death is you know anywhere near in your immediate future, you really right. should really think about you know can consider it uh, because so much is happening. You just never know when your last day is going to be. Like I, I said to someone last week. Uh, we know that, you know, Prince had 57 years. Do you know how many years you're going to have? Right. And unless you know the answer to that, you should probably mm -hmm. have some life insurance. Uh, <laughs> how about it? <laughs> so, so, uh, so, yeah, so you said taking care of ourselves when we retire, life insurance. I mean, what are some other keys to, like, not dying broke? Um, you know, I know that this is going to sound a little, like, off of the subject, but living a healthy lifestyle. Mm, okay. Eating and, uh, properly, getting, okay. getting enough water, getting enough sleep, you know, keeping your stress level down to, to, to a minimum. And, 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 and all of those things will speak to your total self because if you don't think that you're enough, you'll never have enough. Mm. Mm. And so, 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 yeah, it's, it's a little off topic, but not really. If mm. you're taking care of your, your physical man, and your spiritual man and your mental man, I believe, I'm a very, very strong believer that everything else will kind of just fall into place. We've got to take care of our temple. We've got to take care of our mental, you know, mental capacity. And again, if we don't think that we're enough, we're out here chasing things, you know, shopping, whatever your vice, vice might be. We're shopping to compensate for something. You know, we're, we're overeating to compensate for something. We're, we're spending money on clothes and shoes and, you know, those $200 Jordans. We're grown. We don't need shoes every week. We just don't. We don't. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, so, so, so spending, spending money on frivolous things that we don't necessarily need, like, like that goes into, like, not dying broke. Got you. And, and when we're, when we're, we're when we are, it are in good spirit, you know, we, we think a little differently. You know, we think a little differently about ourselves. We think a little differently about our pocketbooks. We think a little differently about our family, right? So, so, so when I do my coaching, I do speak to the whole person. Mm. And we try to find out where some of the breakdowns really are. So I've, I've, I come across people who 
are all across kind of like the, you know, economic ranges from, you know, lower class, middle class, you know, upper, uh, upper middle class. And whether they make $30,000 or they make, you know, $200,000 are still living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's very much linked to budgeting and possibly mm-hmm. to a degree living beyond one's means because we tend to right. just because we make a hundred thousand dollars we now need to make we now need to have a car that reflects someone that has a hundred thousand dollars rather just you know learning how to live necessarily not not necessarily with what we can afford by maximizing right. kind of our budget but more so you know having what 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 we need, like from a, you know, from a minimum perspective, like, you know, do, do I need to have a luxury car if having an economy car will, you know, not only save me from a car note, from an insurance perspective, from a gas, like just so many different, you know, levels. So I just, I just would like to know your perspective on that, that, you know, why do you think the reasons are why people are living paycheck to paycheck? And if I am living paycheck to paycheck, like how do I, you know, get to a point where I feel that there is a space of abundance and I'm not like constantly like, you know, anticipating the next check? Um, unfortunately, in, unfortunately, in the black and brown community, this isn't something that we're taught from, from a young age. We're not taught to save. We are not taught to, um, to budget. We're not taught that. So when we get our first big paycheck, the first thing we do is go out and buy a car. Mm. And we, don't even, we haven't even paid our rent yet. You know, we're not, we haven't put any money away for savings. We go out and buy the finest clothes. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm no different. I got my first job and I, w- I was making, I don't know, maybe 13 or $14 an hour as a technician. And mm-hmm. I went out and bought a Nissan Pathfinder. Now this was a 20 years ago. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but, but like, how smart was that? Mm-hmm. How smart was that? And I looked up and I couldn't eat, but I got this fly car. You know, I got a fly ride, but I, I, I'm, you know, I'm eating tuna fish out of the can or peanut butter and jelly or cereal three days. So, so in, in, in even making my own mistakes, you know, and I looked up about six months later, I'm like, yo, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> but, you know, thank God, you know, it, I, I had time to fix it. So, you know, once that car was paid off, I traded it. You know, but it was a burden for four years. It was a oh my gosh, it was awful. Mm-hmm. I, I've been but, there. You know. I know. <laughs> right, I've right. Like my first car mm-hmm. out of school was a 2004 uh, 330Ci BMW with the with the sports kit on it with all the trims that you can think about. I I must say I am grateful because my parents definitely, especially my dad, was a good example of kind of what to do. And Mm -hmm. encourage us with what not to do with like, you know, Mm -hmm. definitely telling us to be careful about, you know, how we, um, you know, spent credit cards and so forth. But my parents Mm -hmm. had nice cars. So when I got out of school, I wanted Mm -hmm. a nice car and I didn't understand how smart it was. It wasn't to, you know, Mm -hmm. have a car that you lease it. That's like six hundred dollars a month on top of, you know. You know, gas exactly. and the gas and everything else. You know, it's like some things you have to 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 learn the hard way. So I yes. applaud uh, people like you who are going out to communities and actually providing financial literacy because it, it is true. There, 
many of our, our, our families don't know much about, you know, in, in different um, black and brown communities, you know, having come from an environment in which, you know, savings and there was like, you know, a, a healthy pattern to follow as it related to just spending that could be passed on down to children. So it's so important to be doing these financial literacy workshops and so forth for young people and even for older people to really help us um, not die broke in, in, in your words, you know, words of your hashtag. So I, I really mm-hmm. applaud you in, in, in doing that. So budgeting is mm-hmm. is something that, you know, people constantly like want to want to get better and learn it. So if a client comes to you that's living from paycheck to paycheck and is saying that they want to start living a more balanced life and, and using a budget, uh, how mm-hmm. do you support them around that? Like what would what would you you know tell people to do? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- first, first we look at um, the income, all of it. Their full time job, their part time job, their side hustles, any income. Uh, and when I say income, I do mean I do mean earned and unearned, because um, there are some people that are on SSI or Veterans Administration mm. uh, disability and that sort of thing. So we'll call it increase for argument, sir. Uh, okay. Got purposes. So with, I look at any increase that they have coming into their household, and then we look at all of all of everything that's going out, all of their outflows. And and when I say outflows, I mean down to everything, all the way from your rent, the utilities, if you have a car, your in, your your metro cards, um, you know, your Long Island Railroad cards, your credit cards, your student loans, your household items. I'm talking about Fabulosa and you know, <laughs> Fabulosa and paper towels to your personal grooming, your haircuts, your nails, um, you know, your personal items, right, your feminine items and your, your, your masculine items, all of those things that will support you in being who you are, all the way down to the toilet paper, all the way down to how many times you go to Starbucks every week, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we, we, we put that against the income and see how much is left over. A lot of the times people are in the red and they don't understand why. Yeah. So... They're like, but, but, but there's money in my account. And I was like, okay, how many credit cards do you have? Mm-hmm. And are you buying coffee with your credit card? Mm-hmm. Are you swiping your credit card? So you're paying interest on a couple of, uh, on a pipe plate. Are, are you serious? And so, <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. Like, like, like really? So, yeah, but you know, until you put it that way, people don't see it that way. So no, they, they, they don't. Yeah. Um, so, so, so we, 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 we look at the things that we can cut out. Do we, do you, do you, do you absolutely have to eat out every day? You know, if you can't cook, let's see how we can curtail some of this, this, this eating out every day so that you don't, so that you're not spending all your money and, you know, eating out as opposed to cooking at home or, or scaling it down from eating at Ruth's Chris every night. Maybe you need to eat at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying. So, mm-hmm. so I am. Um, we we and we go there. You know, it it can you sacrifice um, the name brand, whatever, for you know the generic brand. Nobody really likes to use generic, but eh, it's just as good. And to get you out of the hole, you know, what can we what can we cut out? Where can mm-hmm. we scale back? And yeah. then we'll take whatever we got left, and you know that's that's your that's your spending money. But we're going to look at our necessi- our necessities, our rent, our uh, our housing, rent or mortgage, 
the utilities to go with it, your transportation. And I, and, I, and I do it in a pecking order, you know, your transportation to get to your next increase, right, if you have a job or if you, if you work for yourself. You got you know you got to pay for your, your car. The car has expenses, insurance, and gas, right? <laughs> so we we break it down, you know. And and can mm. you pay for your metro card? If you got to borrow twenty dollars to buy your metro card, you are doing something very wrong. Mm. And, I, and I apologize, universe, and everybody that's listening. If I sound judgmental, all of these are strictly <laughs> bondism. Strictly bondism, but they are proven formulas. No, it's it's so true. And I I would even add to that because, I mean, now stepping out of this space of being, stepping from corporate and now being in this space of being an entrepreneur, I did the same thing. I mean, there was some, I remember when I worked in corporate, I used to wear some fabulous weaves. And I used to get get $300 hair that would be shipped all the way from from California. You see how long my hair is now, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I cut my hair what I want to say like it's been like three and a half years since I cut my hair and when I even when I first cut my hair I was going to the beauty salon and when I got it to the point of wearing it really short and started dyeing it blonde they were charging me $80 a week and I have wow. like literally you know like I have like a a snap like you know I have like a second of hair like it is there's not yes. much there's not much to it what I got up there so to be paying dollars <laughs> for that so ladies that are listening we have what you call YouTube, and YouTube changed my life financially as it relates to my hair. I go to the barber, and I found me a barber that uh, you can make appointments, and it only cost me $14 to get my hair cut, which is very mm-hmm. different from $80. And the materials that I needed to color my hair cost me all of $3. So for $17, I am able to maintain my look versus spending $80 a week. So there is a lot of places that we could look, even with getting our nails done. Like I learned that simple things like doing a gel manicure versus, you know, a normal manicure, it lasts longer and it was actually cheaper to to do Mm -hmm. it that way. So there's so many places in which we can look and, you know, to your point of like cooking versus all of the eating out, that eating out adds up and, oh, and I have become the Chipotle queen so I laughed when you mentioned that because there were a lot of other places that I used to eat but Chipotle you might even be able to get two meals out of that like oh, yeah. cause the way they oh, stuff yeah. the way they stuff that bowl sometimes you know I could get you know lunch and I could get dinner out of that so like absolutely it, it really is about really shifting your mindset around like what is absolutely necessary uh, in your life to really help you stick to stick to that budget. Uh, I seen something the other day which talked about, and I want to get your opinion on this, is renting versus owning. You rent in New York City, it could be ridiculous and how much you spend with, you know, renting where you might mm-hmm. spend, you know, roughly anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars for one bedroom. And then kind of like that's it. Mm-hmm. But owning in New York in a space like owning in, in, in a space like New York, you might pay, you know, twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars to have a mortgage. You know, you got grass fees, you got water, you got electricity, you have all of these other things. But in building wealth, people always say that a house is a good investment. Do you think there are some times where perhaps renting is actually a better decision? 
Um, yes. Sometimes renting is a better decision. Case in point, and I can only speak from my own experience, I am 47 years old. I do not want a 30-year mortgage at this particular point in my life. Mm. And I, I mean, I just, I just don't. But somebody who may be 40 or 25 or 30, you know, that's cool if they want to own property or whatever. But, again, there's stuff that goes with it. If it gets mm-hmm. broke, you got to find somebody to come and fix it. In that's my right. apartment, I call the super, you know, and they <laughs> take care of it. So it just, it, and, and, again, it goes back to that abundance thing. Where, where are you in your life? I have other investments that, that will bring me wealth. And if the housing market crashes, you know, I, even, if, even if it's a three-family home and you are, you're pulling some rent to help you pay the mortgage, mm-hmm. in, in, in some instances, at this particular point, the houses are not worth what they, what they should have been worth or they're, they're very much under what they're paying for. They're not worth what they're paying for. So, so it, 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 it just depends. It depends. I, my, my offer to folks that are looking to buy property is really – Really, really do your research. Figure out how much you can afford. Put aside some reserves for repairs because stuff breaks. It breaks. Mm-hmm. Boilers go bad in 20 years. They just do. <laughs> they, you know? Not, I mean, you know, so our true. plumbing in our body doesn't last forever. You know what I'm no, saying? It's, so, it's so true. It's yeah. so true. I mean, yeah. I... I bought a house in Long Island, you know, when I was 25, because that was just a goal of mine to own property at 25. And if I could probably do things all over, I probably would not have purchased the house because of just how much I did not plan for, like in the expenses and the the cost of things coming up. So I was really living from paycheck to paycheck when I first got the house before I was able to get any tenants. So it was, you know, putting things on credit cards, it, mm-hmm. Just to just to be able to get by, so it was really challenging. So I I echo your sentiments and like really knowing where you are financially, because although it se- it seemed like on paper I could afford mm-hmm. it, obviously mm-hmm. they gave me the mortgage, but you know right. now I'm in a situation where it's like it's a very difficult house to get rid of because it's just not worth what you pay for it. So you know exactly, <laughs> it's 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 very different. But the on the other side, to those of you that. You don't know where your life is going and maybe at some point you'll become an entrepreneur at this stage of my life. My house has also been a source of income for me because I, you know, I do have it and have been able to uh, rent out to young professionals and so forth because the rental market is so high and you can get so Mm -hmm. much money for pretty much foolishness here in New York with what you can charge for just a room. So it it definitely has its pros and cons. So I I definitely echo what you're saying is to really think about and and really have your budget and all kinds of all kinds of expenses you know if you buy gum several times a week or whatever that is you got habits like cigarettes <laughs> include oh, I'm serious like including all of those little things because all those little things we kind of don't pay attention to and they really mm-hmm. add up like my easy pass like that's one thing that I seem to never budget properly in in my in my budget and it always manages to hit my account at a time mm-hmm. when I really, when I'm just like, where in the world did all of these expenses come from? So definitely be uh-huh. connected to like, you know, all of the different expenses that you have. So what are, I know you just came out of tax season. Congratulations. Clap, 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 clap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I know that struggle of, of what it's like to work during tax season. So I know you got a lot of tax tips. So I've got two questions. First thing is, 
what do you tell your clients to do with their refunds? <laughs> that, that, it, that supports it, it, not going broke and this idea of like financial abundance. If they have kids, put it in a college fund. Mm, or okay. split it split it up between you and them, put it in a retirement fund like that, or something that you really need for your home, like, you know, a bed or, or something something that's that's tangible. But please, God forbid, don't go out and blow it in, you know, shopping and buying sneakers that are going to be out of style next week. Right. Or, you know, if, if your kids need clothes, then fine, get them some clothes. Or, yes, you work hard all year, you get your tax refund, take a couple hundred dollars, treat yourself to something, and put the rest away somewhere. Put it someplace that you can't, you can't touch it. Invest it in something. Because you're investing, actually, you're reinvesting back into yourself. Mm. So what are some tax savings tips you offer to clients, like ways they can save and maybe things that they can do to help them with their with their tax burden or their overall tax obligation? Wow, um, that's kind of a loaded question. But <laughs> with, with, I, um, well, break it down, you know. Well, for, first and foremost, you know, file your tax returns. It's a pain in the behind, but we live in America, and this is kind of how, that's the rule. Just, just mm-hmm. file your tax return. If you owe, we'll figure it out. Um, those that uh, are uniformed professionals, by all means, you know, uh, keep your receipts or make sure that your, your, your bank statements reflect your business expenses like uniforms. Uh, for police officers, there's weapons. They go to the range. Uh, for firefighters, you know, there's expenses for firefighters and corrections officers. Um, and, 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 and just really, like, be very cognizant of the fact that if you have two jobs, you're, you're taxed differently. For whatever reason, there's, a, there's, a, there's an algorithm for it. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but, but people want to want to be cognizant of their withholdings. And if they're, they, they, if all of a sudden something in their check changes, if they're getting less money in their check, they want to check in with their HR. If they're getting more money in their check and they did not get a raise, they want to check in with their HR to find out that their withholdings did not change during the year. And if you are one of those people that like to play that game, remember to go and change your withholdings before the year is up or you're going to owe and you're not going to understand it and then you're cussing me out. It <laughs> happens a lot. Oh, my God, it happens a lot. What do you mean I owe? And I'm like, you didn't have enough taxes taken out. What do you mean? I, but, oh, oh yeah, I changed my withholdings and I forgot to change it back. Well, yeah. Mm. So, so um, you know, tax savings, mm, people who have... I call it side hustles because I believe that entrepreneurship is a, is a, is a great way to wealth and, and financial abundance. People who own businesses uh, or are independent contractors, there's about 400 or so different deductions that they can legally take as an independent contractor or a small business. Mm. So um, that helps as well. So hypothetically speaking, um, you're an accountant at Deloitte & Touche. And, you know, to make extra money during the tax season, you do tax returns for people out of your house, mm-hmm. you know, at $200 a pop. Um, if you're going to report that income, you can now begin to write off your computer. You can uh, depreciate your computer. You can um, uh, uh, write off, if you will, or deduct the office space or the space that you use to do the work. 
Um, if you have a coffee maker, you, you can deduct you know, the price of the coffee and the coffee maker. The paper, the pens, like the calculators, everything, everything mm-hmm. that is associated with the small business. Or if you do photography, every time you go do a shoot, you can, you know, deduct the, the travel time, the gas, the mileage, the time spent, you know, the, the well, we don't use film anymore, but, you know, the camera, the equipment. Um, if, if, if you're can a you, performer. Can you, yeah, you deduct can you deduct a portion of, like, if you work out of your house? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm just, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if most people do that. So if you were to do that, how does that work? Can I can I deduct all of my rent or just the portion of my rent, like, kind of based on, I don't know, I guess I, how much I work there? Like, how does um, that work? It, 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 it's based on the square footage of, of your space. It's the, it's the ratio of the square footage of your space to the rent and how much you actually use. So if your house, if your living space is 600 square feet, hypothetically speaking, and you use 100 square feet of that space, the, the 100 square feet to the rent, to the proportion of the rent, 400 square feet is the proportion that you can that you can write off. But it does, it helps. It absolutely helps you all, you know, well, my rent is, you know, $1,000. So, you know, $1,000 divided by 100, so it's like $100, yeah, but it adds up. I've seen tax returns turn around when people go, oh, well, you know, I work from my house. You do? How big is your house? <laughs> oh, you know, it's a thousand square feet. And I'm like, well, how much room, how much space do you use for business purposes only? And they're like, oh, I rent out a whole, a whole bedroom. Really? Yeah. Oh. Clackety, clackety, clackety. I go and push in some numbers and, you know, it changes, it turns, it turns the whole thing around. So, well, we're you know, at, mm-hmm. I can't believe how fast we've gone here. I'm, I'm getting that we oh, have goodness. about we have about three four minutes left. Yeah, no, crazy, oh, wow. right? Okay. So, yeah. um, do just any final tips or anything maybe that you didn't get to share? Uh, do you? And I guess also a question is: Do you think that people should have an accountant even if they're not a business owner? Do you think that's important? I do believe that they should. People should have an accountant or a financial advisor or a profit and growth coach. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just to check in and see where uh, absolutely. Just to see what their financial position is, I'm actually having a workshop on May the 23rd that I'll go over all of that stuff. And, and, and actually having an accountant is another investment in you. So, so even if we check in for, you know, four times a year, once per quarter, just to check out your financial position to see where you are, to see where you can cut back, to see where you can increase in some areas, then it, it's, it's absolutely worth it just to make sure that your physical health is intact. So where can our uh, listeners that want to hire you as their profit and growth coach and attend your workshops, where can they find more information about what you do and what you have to offer? Uh, On my website, uh, www.activateincrease.com. That's www.activateincrease.com. And I'm on Facebook, Vaughn Williams, profit and growth coach. And I have a personal page too, but it ain't much on that one. Um, and I, but you know, and, and I'd be happy, happy, happy to talk to anybody about what. I don't care if you're on disability; I can help you out. Well, I want to just thank you so much, Vaughn, for joining us on the show tonight. I definitely know we'll we'll have you back because I'm sure we're going to do this financial series again, and we can touch on. I know this is a big topic, and not mm-hmm. enough 
can talk about in an hour show. So thank you <laughs> so much again. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can you can always send us questions, send us topics at keeping it beauty at Gmail. To find out all our happenings again, go to visit us at iambeautyinc.com. Follow us on Instagram at iambeautyinc underscore and like our Facebook page, I am Beauty Inc. Thank you so much for joining us. You can join us again next week. Same time, same place. Please tell a friend. And our quote for this week comes from my mentor, John Bryan. I was able to find it. Being broke is a temporary economic situation, but being poor is a disabling frame of mind and a depressed condition of one's spirit. And we must all vow to never, ever be poor again. Good night, everyone. And until we meet again, be beauty. Thank you. Thank you.